Episode 5 of the Posting and Toasting Podcast, Friday edition. Sean St. Jacques back here with you. Hope you're getting ready to enjoy your weekend. Hope your summer is going well. Just diving in here in the month of August, two pretty massive topics that, that I wanted to touch on on the show this week. I didn't know if I wanted to go with just one. I didn't know if I wanted to go with the other. I thought, man, do I save one of these for next week? I'm going to put them both in this week's episode. And I think because one is still timely, I'm shocked a little bit that we're still talking about the first topic. I'll get to it in a second. But I also do want to stick to basketball on the show as well. So we're going to put both of these big topics on the show today. Later on in the show, I'm calling it the Eyes on the Enemies segment. I want to go through the rest of the teams in the Atlantic Division in the Eastern Conference, see how they're shaping up. For next season, where do the Knicks fall? How do the Knicks compete? Where do the Knicks see an opening? Things of that nature. I want to go into each of those four teams along with how they compare to the Knicks later on in the show because they're in the same division. So we'll go to eyes on the Atlantic later on in the show. But first, I do want to address the latest news surrounding Carmelo Anthony. And Carmelo has always been a bit of an interesting subject. In not only Knicks fandom, not only in New York, but throughout the entire NBA and really throughout New York sports, Carmelo has always kind of been a a talking point during his entire Knicks career and even after his Knicks career. And you heard his name being floated around after the Knicks missed on all these free agents and people after all these years, we're starting to appreciate Melo as much as they probably ever did while he was in a Nick uniform. So, and we all know Carmelo's Nick career is very much up and down. There were a lot of highs. There were plenty of lows, certainly probably more lows than highs because it was a pretty, listen, there was a, there were playoff appearance. There, there was, there were wins in the playoffs. Uh, there was, you know, injuries, feuding with KP, Lynn Sanity trying to take over his spot for two weeks when everyone thought Lynn should should be the number one guy and Melo should be the guy on the side. Melo can't play with teammates and Melo, it's all about Melo. He has to score the ball. You name it, people have talked about it with Carmelo. They've talked about it while he's been a New York Nick. Obviously, we know what the, the latest is with Carmelo. He's trying to get back into the NBA The latest rumor is that Carmelo wants a farewell tour. His agent came out and said that we want Carmelo to join a team, have a farewell season, and then likely, I would think, retire after that. Of course, Carmelo really, in my opinion, wants one last shot at winning a championship. And if he doesn't get it, along the way, he wants everybody to trade jerseys with him. He wants everybody to put some video montages together of him kicking your team's butt. And then that's the end of Carmelo Anthony's illustrious career. Here's here's where, well, first of all, briefly, obviously the Knicks are not going to be a part of anything that goes on here. There was a report that came out, I believe, yesterday. Uh, or possibly the day before. Shams from The Athletic uh, mentioned this in a report that the Knicks actually considered bringing back Carmelo Anthony if the Knicks had acquired 
other top free agents. So essentially, if Kyrie and KD had decided to come back to the Knicks, Carmelo could have also been a part of that. Read into that what you will. I, I, I'm not 100% buying that, in my opinion. I don't 100% agree with that as, as far as bringing him back. I, I don't think it would have happened, in my opinion. Sure, the Knicks considered it or whatever. In my opinion, that doesn't happen. But according to this report, it was being discussed. Whatever. That does not matter to me. It probably shouldn't matter to many Knicks fans because Katie and Kyrie mean a hell of a lot more right now than Carmelo Anthony. So I'm just putting that in really for context for what I really want to talk about, which is this. Does Carmelo Anthony deserve a farewell tour? This is a complicated question. And in my opinion... In my opinion, I think most Knicks fans probably think differently than the rest of the NBA. Even probably differently than to Nuggets fans as well, who now have a good team again. And they're starting to get back to relevance in a, in a really deep Western conference and, and things like that. The Knicks have not been good since Carmelo left. They weren't great while he was there, but they were at least playoff contenders while Carmelo was in New York. The Knicks have not been that since Carmelo left. So it's tough for me to say, you know, I'm sure Nick fans would have to, you know, especially after what just happened, especially after another free agency period where nobody decided to take on the Nick challenge. People, People might be appreciating Carmelo. People might be saying he does deserve a farewell tour. Look at what he's done in his career. Okay, let's take a look. Let's take a look then at what Carmelo Anthony has done in his career. 10-time NBA All-Star. Last time he was an All-Star, 2017. Two-time All-NBA second team. Last time he was on an All-NBA second team, 2013. Four-time All-NBA third team. Last time he was on the All-NBA third team, 2012. He was an NBA scoring champion in 2013. All-NBA rookie team, 2004. That's it. That's it for the NBA, guys. That's all he's got as far as accolades in the NBA. That's what's on his CV. I'm underwhelmed. I got to be honest with you. That's his whole career. Knicks and Nuggets. And I'm not even going to count the Rocket year. Barely counts at all. That's... That's a tough sell for me. It really is. And the Thunder year, excuse me, the Thunder year as well. Thunder for one year, Rockets, quote unquote, for a year. All the other things I see here are either college related, where he won a championship at Syracuse. He was there for one season, freshman of the year, second team All-American. And I also see three gold medals, U.S. men's basketball team. 2008 Beijing, 2012 London, 2016 Rio de Janeiro. We're talking NBA here, people. We're talking NBA only. He can go back to Syracuse and get a huge ovation. I'm sure his number's retired there. 
he can go and and get a huge uh, well when I, I, the the olympics thing it's a whole nother thing i i get how important that is i just w- i just went off on the last show about usa basketball does it still matter and it should still matter but that's not with an nba team you being one of probably the most successful men's basketball athlete of all time uh, in the Olympics, as far as decorated, because he was a big part of those three teams, to be fair. But this is, this is, you want an NBA, you want an NBA tour. You want to tour around the NBA. You want what Dwayne Wade had. You want what Dirk Nowitzki had. You want what you think LeBron's going to get when his career is over. What probably Kobe should have had, but it wasn't really, quote-unquote, invented yet. You want everybody, everywhere you go, to swap jerseys with you, to give you highlight packages, to give you weird gifts. It's like when you go back to California, the Golden State Warriors are going to give you a paddle boat with the Golden State congratulations to Carmelo on it so you can put that somewhere in one of your mansions it doesn't work like that the only other accolade that I could find for Carmelo Anthony that makes him that gives him a plus here I guess is what I'm trying to say he's 19th all time in the NBA in scoring that's pretty impressive to be fair, he's one of the best scorers of this generation. And to be fair to Carmelo, if he were to play another season in the NBA, he would have a shot and a decent shot to move up a spot or two, maybe more on the list, depending how on how much he plays. He's about 60, 70 points away from being 18th all time. And he's a, a little under 500 away from passing Kevin Garnett for 17th all time. That's probably as high as he gets if he plays another season and does well. Cause then you're talking, trying to catch John Havlicek who right now we're getting close to a thousand more we're getting about eight, 900 points more at that point. And Paul Pierce is, is, is even higher than that. Tim Duncan is a couple hundred higher than that. You know, it's, it's, you know, with where Carmelo's at and depending on what team he's on, I don't see him getting any higher than 17th all-time in scoring. If he has a, a crazy, weird rebound season, maybe 16th or 15th, but I don't see it. It, it, it comes down to, to a couple of things here. What's worthy of a Hall of... or a, Not even a Hall of Fame. I wanted to get to that, but... What's worthy of a, of a tour? What's worthy of a farewell tour? What are the requirements? I don't know. I don't know. It, it feels like, at least for me, championship is probably first thing on the list. Did you win a championship? Carmelo never got to an NBA Finals. Okay, strike one. Is Carmelo a record holder? Does he own any significant records? No, he does not. Strike two. 
Is Carmelo Anthony a basketball Hall of Famer? I don't know. For me, if I if you gun to my head, I'd say he is. He just barely is. But I can easily see a debate for the other way. I can. The numbers are not as impressive and the accolades are not as impressive as you would think. They're not. It's a little underwhelming when you take a look at the resume of Carmelo Anthony. I don't know if he meets any of the requirements to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know. I don't know. He's played for 16 years in the NBA. Mentioned some of the highlights, some of the awards, where he ranks in all-time scoring, which is what he did best. To be fair, top 20 all-time in scoring for me probably puts him in. That's, I think, the the deal breaker for me. And honestly, you know, you throw in three gold medals from the Olympic team. If that's the if that's what pushes the boulder over the edge, I think that's fair. But I feel like if we have to think about this, whether or not he deserves a tour around the NBA, I don't know if he does. I don't know. I, I really don't. Because it shouldn't, it shouldn't be one of those things where these are just getting handed out to everybody. It shouldn't be. It's, 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 it feels a little bit like when everyone goes back to their former team and they have to get a highlight video. No matter how long they played there. I, I, don't, I don't know about this one. The, the, other, the other player, significant player right now that would be borderline for me is actually one of Carmelo's best friends, Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a nine-time NBA All-Star. Four-time NBA All-First Team. That's big for me. First-team NBA is a big deal. Carmelo never made a first-team NBA, and he won't. Three-time second-team All-NBA, one-time third-team All-NBA. Chris Paul's a seven-time All-NBA defensive first-team, two-time second-team. He's the rookie of the year. He's an assist leader four different times in a season. Carmelo's got one scoring championship. Six-time steals leader in a season as well. Six separate times. Led the league in steals. Chris Paul's got two gold medals. But Chris Paul's also never played in an NBA Finals. But I think Chris Paul has completely he's had some seasons where you know again no mvps no mvps for Melo, no mvps for chris paul and no championships but i think we could easily say that chris paul was one of the two or three best guards of this era i don't think we can say that about carmelo anthony i don't think we can say he was one of the three or four best players at his position over the last 10 years or over the last 16 years. I don't know if we can. And again, I'm not saying that that, that, that's just the argument against him, in my opinion, being a Hall of Famer and getting this farewell tour. Again, you know, farewell tours, uh, part of it to me feels like now it's a popularity contest. I mean, now Damian Lillard has come out and he says that there should be a farewell tour for Carmelo Anthony. 
Well, y- you know what? If you think there should be, then then convince the Blazers to sign him. Quit talking. Vote for hashtag vote for mellow farewell season. Hashtag stop playing mellow. Is is all this stuff he's been tweeting out over the last couple of days. Someone actually did tweet at him. Tell the Blazers to sign him. He said, we don't have the money, but Melo should be playing. Okay. That, y- your argument just got real hollow right there. Um, he can, should he be playing? Fine. That's a whole nother conversation. Whole nother conversation. Can Carmelo still play the game of basketball and help your team? I don't know. He's, he keeps the highlights keep getting released and and all this other stuff. You know, Team USA won't give Carmelo an invite for the FIBA World Cup that's coming up. Oh, Kendrick Perkins, disrespect needs to stop. USA can use Carmelo. He's still a walking bucket. This is completely off the topic of the conversation. This has nothing to do with if Carmelo Anthony deserves a farewell tour. This, to me, feels like friends of Carmelo trying to help Carmelo out. Doing him a favor. Let Carmelo play. He can stay. He's a walking bucket. Oh, really? Can he be a good teammate? Is he going to be a problem in the locker room? Is he going to pass the ball? I don't know. Is he ever going to accept a role that doesn't involve having the ball all the time? I don't know. That's why Carmelo's not in the league right now, people. Now, back to the subject at hand. The, The topic that everyone brings up and then doesn't address. Well, should Carmelo deserve a farewell tour? No, not in my opinion. He doesn't. If you have to think about it, it's a no from me. Dirk and Dwayne Wade and Kobe and LeBron and other great players of this generation, at some point, There'll be future guys that have done enough. Kawhi Leonard, for me, is probably a guy at the end of his career that will warrant a farewell tour if he wants one. He's probably not one of those guys, but he's got the accolades to back it up. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. These are guys that have done enough. They've changed the game. They've won championships. Carmelo and Chris Paul just don't feel like they've done enough. And if you have to think twice about it, it's a no. Should he play again in the NBA? If he's good enough, someone should take him. But if he's, if we're talking about whether or not he's a Hall of Famer, and we're talking about, and this is a debate, and we're talking about, yes, should he, or no, he shouldn't. Heck no. Heck yes then for me, it's a no. Dwayne Wade, heck yes, deserves a farewell tour. Dirk, yes. Kobe, yes. LeBron, yes. Carmelo, I don't think so. 
taking a quick break. We'll get to the eyes on the Atlantic division next on the posting and toasting podcast coming up next. All right, guys, second part of the show. I want to dive into the eyes on the enemy segment. I I know for me, you know, this is the part of the year where you're really starting to take a look at teams, how things are going to be starting to shape up, not only in your division, but in your conference as well. Fans get curious. You should be. You should know what the enemy is up to. You should know what you're, what's happening in your own division. I want to dive into some of the big things going on with some of the other teams in the Atlantic division, how the teams are shaping up, some key additions, who's left, how do things change, and how do things shape up for the Knicks in the Atlantic division this year. And in division, by the way, four of the five teams, guess who didn't make it, made the playoffs last year. So keep that in mind as well. So coming off a, a really good year for the Atlantic division, also, of course, the defending NBA champion is from the Atlantic division as well. And let's start off with the defending champion, Toronto Raptors as well. Obviously, we know the main storyline here is that Toronto loses Kawhi Leonard after one season. It was a magical season. They win an NBA championship and it can't get much better for Toronto. And next season, it won't get much better for Toronto. It's going to get a lot worse, in my opinion, based on who is still there. Listen, there's a couple of guys on here uh, that are free agents. Jeremy Lin, who's currently listed on the roster, is a free agent. He's likely not going to be back with the team. He had a weird speech the other day where he was crying and there was piano music in the background or something. I, I saw this, I heard this on a radio show and he was basically saying he'd hit rock bottom over and over and over again. He's not sure if, he, if the NBA is going to give him another chance and you know, okay, you know, whatever things are happening. People are leaving the Raptors. Changes are being made. There are still notable players on this team. Kyle Lowry is going to be back. Obviously Marcus Saul is still under contract. You look at a guy like Norman Powell, who's a good bench player. Obviously, Pascal Siakam is probably going to be a huge focal point on this team for next season. Fred Van Fleet, who is a great role player and hit some huge shots in the playoffs and in the NBA Finals, specifically Game 6, when he essentially sealed the win and the Finals championship for the Raptors as well. Of course, Serge Ibaka is another one. Really like the youngster, uh, OG Ananobi, guy that's been pretty injury prone in his first few years in the NBA. But I remember his time at Indiana. Dude's a stud defender. And I think if you're Nick Nurse, 22 years old, this kid, he's only getting $2 million. If this kid starts developing his offensive game, I think you're looking for this guy to kind of step in and in a year or two, maybe uh, fill that big role, you know, or try to fill the big role or, or at least try to come close to what Kawhi Leonard was doing, which is going to be tough to do, obviously. Kawhi is is playing at an all-world level right now, and I, that's why the Clippers feel that they have a good shot to win the title next year with him and Paul George at their disposal. But I'll say this, this still feels like a playoff team for me. I don't love how the East is shaping up right now with some of the other teams. Uh, I feel like one of these teams, and I'll get to them in a second, is extremely overrated as well. So I, I, I don't really... Uh, I, I think they take a huge step back. I don't think the Raptors are title contenders anymore, let alone, or rather, I don't think they're Eastern Conference final contenders. I don't think they're going to represent the East next year in the finals, and let alone finals contenders. But 
they to me are still a playoff team, a five through eight seed kind of team that can do some damage in the playoffs. And in my opinion, they're pretty fortunate that Kawhi gave it to them last year, the title, because I don't know when the next time that Toronto's ever going to win an NBA championship. Sorry, not sorry, Drake. Next team, 76ers of Philadelphia. Uh, interesting offseason for the Philadelphia 76ers. And we know we know the role. We know the, the key players here. We know Joel Embiid. We know Tobias Harris, who resigned. We know Ben Simmons. Then it, for me, it, it gets a little interesting. couple of former Knicks currently on the roster, Trey Burke and Kyle O'Quinn at the moment, based on the roster I'm currently looking at. So there's Al Horford that they ended up getting as well during the offseason. It's an interesting pickup. I, I like his leadership. I like his defensive ability. He's not a great scorer, but that's not exactly what the Sixers need. I think that worked out pretty well. Josh Richardson gets added as well. Good defender. That's just kind of where his resume goes for me. And I know the Sixers needed help defensively in the offseason, but you lose J.J. Redick, you lose Jimmy Butler... For me, those are two big losses to your team. Now, Josh Richardson is going to have to step up shooting the basketball. Al Horford's going to have to score for you in a big way. And for me, what makes the Sixers extremely overrated, and I've said this before on the show, they are always going to be one injury away from their whole season being derailed. Anytime they played without Joel Embiid last year, a disaster for the 76ers. There's no other way about it. A disaster. So I really worry. I really worry about, if I'm a Sixers fan, investing this much in Joel Embiid. I know how good he is. I know he's a star talent. Even when he plays, because of the league we're in now, Is it good enough to win a title anymore? To have a seven-footer who's the main piece on your team? I I mean, how far back do we have to go to the last time a big man-led team won the title? I I don't know if the Sixers are good enough. I I I think already of two other teams off the top of my head that I would have easily over them to get to the NBA Finals. So I I don't, you know, the Sixers, the Sixers are going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a top four or five seed. They're going to be in the mix. But I just don't think they're good enough to win a title. I really don't. I think people are overrating the bleep out of them. And I don't think they're good enough. I really don't. I like what they're doing with some of these pieces. But the other thing to consider is that Ben Simmons won't learn, can't learn how to shoot. And until he does, he's a mediocre NBA player. He's a a heck of a passer. He's really athletic. But if he wants to be 
a star, not just because of what he does off the court. He's got to learn how to shoot the basketball. We know who he is because he's a great talent. And again, he's only 23 years old. And maybe mediocre is harsh. But to me, plenty of other people in the NBA can do what Ben Simmons does. Specifically, athletically. He's got good vision on the court. But I don't want to hear him in any conversation for accolades in the NBA until they can shoot a jumper. And to me, if you don't want to put in the work, then what the heck are you doing here? So I... I, For me, Ben Simmons is the most frustrating player in the NBA. He could be as good as LeBron James at some point in his career. But LeBron had to shoot the jumper too. It's the league we're in. And if you don't want to get with the times, then get out. Boston Celtics. I don't know, man. I don't know where I'm at with Boston right now. If I'm the, if I'm a Nick fan looking at Boston, by the way, another former Nick, Ennis Cantor, on the roster, of course he is. But if I'm looking at the, the Celtics roster, I, I could see this going one of two ways. I could see this going one of two ways for Boston. This year, a lot of the young, up-and-coming talent is still there. Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart. You throw in a semi-ogile. The stars, Gordon Hayward. Kemba Walker joins the team. To replace Kyrie Irving, of course. Some of the young, young guys that they just brought in. You look at Taco Fall. You look at Carson Edwards. Romeo Langford. And guys that kind of have a fringe shot at making the team. A guy like a Max Struess, a DePaul product from the Big East. And Tremont Waters, a really talented kid that just came out from LSU. So are they going to go back to the team we saw two years ago? that surprised the NBA and got a game away from the NBA Finals. And if a couple things go differently in Game 7, they beat LeBron in the Celtics. Beat LeBron in the Cavs. Or is it more of the same from this year, where Gordon Hayward doesn't quite fit, and Kemba Walker doesn't really fit in, and doesn't help his teammates, and takes a lot of shots. And if he doesn't play well, the team doesn't play well. You lose Al Horford, who's a huge piece. And he's now gone to your division rival. Guy that defended out of his mind and was a leader on your team. I I don't know. Ennis Cantor has come in to try to fill that void. Taco Fall is likely going to be a guy that fills in for Aaron Baines, who's no longer on the roster. Boston, for me, is the the most fluid situation in in the entire Eastern Conference for me. They could easily be the second or the third seed for me. They could. They could be that good. Because I trust Brad Stevens. And when he's got a good roster that buys in, they make things happen. 
But if Kemba Walker is Kyrie light and does similar things to Kyrie, but isn't as good and doesn't buy in and isn't the facilitator along with being the scorer that he needs to be. And he's a heck of a player. He's a really good player. I'll put my hand up and say that he's a heck of a player who has something to prove. But will this team gel like it did two years ago? They're going to be a playoff team. I don't know if they're going to be a a challenger in the Eastern Conference during the playoffs yet. I got to see how they play. But it's they're the most interesting team for me in the entire Eastern Conference. Because you just don't know what you're going to get. It's totally up in the air how good Boston's going to be next year. No idea. They could be 7th and or 6th and barely get into the playoffs. Or they could be the second seed looking like world beaters that have a chance to shock everybody and go to the NBA Finals. I'm serious. That's the threshold for the Boston Celtics next year, in my opinion. Because you remember two years ago? The East hasn't changed a whole lot. I know how good the Bucks are now, which is a team they beat a couple of years ago. I know how good the Sixers are, although I think they're overrated. Has it been that much different besides that? No. The Raptors are back where they were. Who else? Who else in the East? Maybe you're thinking of this team I'm going to next, the Brooklyn Nets. I feel like they're they're like a, a they're in a similar situation, believe it or not, as the Celtics. Obviously, we know that Kevin Durant is not playing next season. That opens the door in the Eastern Conference. Huge door has been opened in the Eastern Conference. The, the, it's wide open because of that. So Kyrie's leading the way with Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and Joe Harris and a bunch of role players. DeAndre Jordan, who's, God, he's going to get $23 million next year. Oh, hope it was worth it, Brooklyn. I'm worried about Kyrie there. And I'm saying this as somebody who would have killed to get Kyrie. Would have killed to get Kyrie. But it would have been the same thing, and I said this on an earlier podcast, if the Knicks had gotten him, we would have been asking the same question. Are we going to get the same Kyrie that we saw in Boston, that we saw in the last season in Cleveland? I don't know. He's leading the way this season, folks. He's leading the way. Brooklyn is likely still a playoff team with Russell out and with Kyrie in. But is Kyrie going to be cool with all of this chemistry bonding team stuff that Kenny Atkinson's going to throw his way? We play as a team. We hustle on every possession. We get back and defend. We go after loose balls. We make the extra pass. Nobody's bigger than the rest of the team. You want, to, you want to know my thought? I don't think Kyrie buys in. You wanted me. I could have stayed in Boston. I told them I was going to stay in Boston. And you know what? I decided to come to you instead because it was my childhood dream to play for the Nets. I think he's going to act like it's his town. I think he's going to act like until Kevin Durant plays, it's his town. 
It's his team. It's me. I'm the star. That's not going to work for the Brooklyn Nets. If Kyrie takes a step back and says, hey, we're playing with house money this year. Kevin Durant's coming next year. The better we do this year, it's only going to get better next year. If that's the thought process, and if that's, hey, let's get, let's get Jared Allen better. Let's, let's make Spencer Dinwiddie a borderline all-star. Let's get Karis LeVert going a lot. Let, that kid can play. Let's get these guys going. Let's make DeAndre Jordan a leader on this team. Then you've got my attention. Then you've got my attention. Because then Brooklyn becomes really dangerous two years from now when Kevin Durant is, is going to be back and supposedly will be 100%. Because now, now, they're, now they're the title contenders we thought they were going to be when the team was put together this offseason. Where do the Knicks fall in all of this? I think we all knew the question, or knew the answer to the question. The Knicks, for me, are probably still fifth in this division. I think the the most likely team they catch, and I don't think they'll catch anybody, but I think the fourth team in this division right now is probably Toronto. But, of course, we saw the Nets made the playoffs last year. And I, and I think all four of those teams are capable of having a really bad year, but I also think that it's likely that three out of those four are top six seeds in the Eastern Conference playoffs next year. The Raptors, for me, are the wild card there. I don't think the Nets screw it up bad enough to not make the playoffs. I don't think the Celtics... I don't think the Celtics' bottom is out of the playoffs. The East is still really mediocre overall. I think we could all agree on that. But that's where I could see an opening for the Knicks. I don't think they're going to be playoff a playoff team this year. I don't. But I could see an opportunity for the Knicks to win a ton more games than they did last year. And all I'm going to say is this. There's no sure things in this Atlantic division at all. The Nets aren't going to be a sure thing until KD starts playing. He ain't playing this year. The Raptors are going to be a shell of themselves. The Celtics could be as bad as they are good at times this season. And the Sixers are an injury away from having their entire season collapse from underneath them. Even if they stay healthy, they're beatable. There's, there, are, there are wins out there for this Knicks team. And that's why I really wanted to go through this segment. No all-time teams are in this division. There's no teams that should scare you anymore in the Eastern Conference for 2019-2020. The Knicks need to start making the progress now. And it's doable. It's doable, folks. With how many players have gone over to the West this year? Again? Oh my gosh. The East is there for the taking, for for anybody to win it. The Knicks should be improving a ton from the, I don't even want to think about it, 17 wins we had last year. Folks, as always, follow me on Twitter, at SJ7. 
Follow Posting and Toasting on Twitter as well. And I will see you guys next week on the Posting and Toasting Podcast, Friday edition.